Hey, welcome back today as we're in this series, Community Over Content. What an important message for right now, not only for Open Life, but for the church, the Big C Church all over. We've been looking at 1 Thessalonians 2.8, this heart passage of Open Life that says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us, our lives as well. In this series, we're challenging ourselves with what it means for, for us uh, and for God to value community over content. Like, what does that change in our behaviors? We looked in really the first topical week, we looked at community as expressed by walking with each other. Last week, we looked at community as secured when we meet with each other. And let's jump into our passage today to illuminate the big idea. I mean, it's going to be pretty obvious once we hit this, right? 1 Corinthians 9, 22 and 23 says, When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I, tr I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in it's blessings. Big idea. Community finds common ground with each other. Common ground with each other. It is so obvious here, but you know what? You know where we find the most bold illustration of common ground in the scriptures? Of common ground, this illustration that just makes so much heart sense of God's desire for community with man. It's in the relationship we have uh, with God through Jesus. In fact, I, we're gonna have a little vocabulary. It's an open life vocabulary lesson day, right? Uh, this word that maybe you've read it or heard it or unknowingly sang about it called the incarnation. The incarnation, incarnation literally means to take on Flesh. Let me read some passages for you. John 1.14 says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen the glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. How about the way Matthew records it? In verse 22 of Matthew 1, it says, All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You see, we sing about it at Christmas time, which is the, the ultimate focus, right, on the incarnation of Christ. Maybe hark the herald angels sing, you'll recognize the lyrics. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased is man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. He's come among us in physical form, in the flesh. This is God extending his grace. Philippians 2, 6 through 8, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born 
as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. That sums up the gospel right there. When we talk about finding common ground, there's no doubt that God set the most visible, comprehensible, and beautiful example that should humble us all. Because Jesus humbled himself. Jesus' life didn't begin in a manger. Jesus is the son of God and he humbled himself, let go of, of his position to come among us in the flesh. The incarnation started in the manger, not his life. In order to reconcile humanity to God, he would have to become the incarnate deity. John 3, 16 and 17 are probably what we're most familiar with, right? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Hebrews 2.17, therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us. Every respect like us. His brothers and sisters so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. See, Jesus became human, the incarnate deity, taking the unparalleled path of common ground by being made in every respect like us, to take away the sins of the people, to bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven. This is what Jesus' incarnation should mean to us, right? When we look at all the scriptures from beginning to end, Jesus is the main thing, right? Old Testament looks to Jesus. You see the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John describing the life of Jesus. And then the rest of the New Testament looking back and teaching the things that Jesus commanded them to teach and that everybody should obey, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that whole deal, right? It's like, it's like this buildup and it's all about Jesus and him being the main thing. Why is this so important when we're talking about community? over content because it confirms that God initiates relationship with us. Not, not in response to our earning it, not in our deserving it, uh, not in our being good enough, uh, not in our praying the right prayers. We in no way, shape, or form deserve this mercy and love from God, but yet he initiates a solution to our sinfulness. And that solution is in his son, Jesus Christ, the incarnation of God. Therefore, we now have the opportunity to initiate relationships with others in community. We now can find common ground with those around us that we might genuinely spread the gospel as Paul was talking to the Corinthians about that he could do everything, that he could find some common ground in any way, shape, or form that people could know the gospel. Not only do we share the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We must become flesh among people, right? Not on the side, not on the edge of culture, not to our own incarnation 
Incarnational living, common ground living. Here's thought one today. Make the main thing the main thing. We need to make the main thing the main thing. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Now catch this in verse 18. All this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. God has given us this task of, reconcil of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we're Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The main thing is our being made right with God through Christ, right? That we, that the incarnation has accomplished its purpose in us so that now we could live out that same purpose through us. The main thing is that we understand our mission right now. That, that now we are the incarnational ones, if you will. We are the ones that are supposed to carry out this ministry of reconciliation among us to our neighbors, to those in our community. We're not only supposed to become community with one another, but welcome others into the community. We get to be those who are the bridge now between God and humanity through Jesus. We point them to the gospel. Jesus is never meant to be an attraction. Jesus was never meant to be a nativity alone. Uh, the incarnation was not just a story to admire. Uh, it's not magic encouragement that we get once a week so that we can make it through seven more days of living. No, this is life-changing purpose added to us, right? God initiated common ground with us through Jesus so that we could repurpose our lives, old life becoming new life, so that we could repurpose our lives in such a way that we place ourselves in others' lives in order that we may be the common ground of true life and peace of mind that's found through Jesus, that we could carry this hope through genuine relationships we develop in the world around us. God has placed us in community so we can initiate the very source of unity that is found in Jesus between God and mankind. It's so beautiful. 
but maybe you still are going, what? <laughs> this is, I need a visual. Help me out here, Thad. I need something for this to make sense. Have you ever mixed water and oil? Okay, let's just visual time. You can see it here on the screen, but what do you think's gonna happen if you mix a little water and a little oil? Well, maybe you predicted it or you've taken a class that taught you this or you've done the experiment yourself, but as you can see, the oil doesn't mix with the water, but just for a second, and then they fully separate, becoming their own elements, right? Being completely united, but separate. What's unreal to me is what happens when you put something in the water that can potentially reconcile the oil with the water. Like how, do you think that's even possible? Is there something we can put in the water that would make the context of this visual change? A bridge, if you will. Well, the answer is yes. All you have to do, let's add some dishwashing detergent, shake this thing up and look what happens. Let me read this while you're watching, right? It says, the detergent molecules can form bonds with both water and oil molecules. Therefore, although the oil and water aren't technically mixing with each other, the dish detergent molecules are acting as a bridge between oil and water molecules. As a result, the oil and the water molecules aren't clearly separated in the bottle. Instead, you see a cloudy mixture resulting from the oil, soap, and water chains you've created. That's according to the American, scienceamerica.com describing this illustration. What's happening there is there's this bridge occurring. There's this chain occurring. There's now not a definitive line existing. See, God has not placed us on earth to unite just amongst ourselves on the edge of culture and determine clean, unclean. We are to do the exact opposite. We are, God models this for us. He sent Jesus right into the middle of culture, right into the center of culture so that he could be the bridge between those who are living in a, a life of sin and those who understood God's faithfulness and he started to bring them together. He was the chain or the bridge, if you would, right? It's not too hard to imagine the sides that exist right now in our culture and that there's definitely lots of things people are sided on, their oil and water, if you will. Uh, in fact, Culture is increasingly becoming oil and water. We found systems to perpetuate this, like social media and, and just fast communication. Um, you know, I'll toss three out just in case you're still lost. Conservatives, liberals, maskers, no maskers, uh, huskies, cougars. Well, oh, never mind, just huskies. Anyway, so the... <laughs> Oh man, how do you be the bridge on that one? Uh, so, you know, just that's what we're being challenged of. 
in all these areas of our life now, we're creating separations. It's very, very tempting. But what if we lay down our lives like Jesus did and find ourselves being the bridge between cultural oils and cultural waters? What if we do everything? Paul said it twice in that first Corinthians. Do everything with God's help to be the common ground that forms bonds with each side, literally becoming the source of unity within our world, making way for true life and peace of mind again. Well, it's really what brings up thought too. Keep the main thing the main thing, right? So we need to let the main thing be the main thing, but we then have to keep the main thing the main thing. When we understand our purpose and, our, and the purpose for which God has saved us, the mission that he's given us to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus and each other, and, and we humble ourselves to obey that mission, and, and instead of picking sides, we jump to the middle of culture to be these bridges. Man, I find that powerful. I find it beautiful, that tension. It's awkward. It's hard right now in our culture, especially in this season. But that's what God is challenging us to do and the demonstration he gave us through Jesus and the challenge to reconcile people to each other and to God. If community is found on common ground with each other, I need to be the first to seek holy ground so I can see where that common ground is. I need to clear my mind from my own biases. I need to, to be uh, willing to put myself in someone else's shoes and experience someone else's perspective, become weak for the weak. I, I need to humble myself. It's not when I have, uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's only when I have actually this this heart of Jesus or perspective that Jesus can give me with life around me that I understand that's the spot of common good where I can find that space to land in that won't be confusing but clear of my intent to be the bridge. The moment I veer away from the main thing or I stop keeping the main thing the main thing is the moment I declare a side I'm oil, or I declare aside, I am water. And when we start defending sides, we don't find Jesus in those spaces. Maybe that's a hard truth, but Jesus came to bring unity. <laughs> he came to seek and save those who were becoming more step separate. And maybe instead of defending sides, we have the honor of defending togetherness. What if we just resist that temptation to be just totally opposite from somebody else? Let me read 1 Peter 3, 15 and 18. It says, uh, through 18, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander, for it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than doing evil. Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous 
for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. I think maybe we have some things to put to death and some things to come alive in our own lives as well. Hey, we're going to have a link in the description of this talk. And one of the things we wanted to do this week, both in person and, and uh, just inspire you as an action out of this talk was to receive communion. First, you need to put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be Lord. Thank you for initiating relationship with me. And now you've given me a purpose and a mission in my life to do the same to others. And you pray that prayer and make yourself right with God. And then we're challenged in, in scripture to celebrate that moment through the, the receiving of his, his body and his blood on the cross. All that to say, we're going to receive communion together. And so uh, you can grab an element, which is uh, some bread, some juice, or some water. And uh, we're just going to lead you in communion at the link in the description. I hope you can join us because it's one of those moments where we're just celebrating what God did for us. So that's an action out of today's talk. But right before we, we get to our confession today in this series, I want us to consider uh, really the, the, in the conclusion of this talk, we could be finding ways to, to come together, but too often we're finding ways that we're more separate than others. Like I want to be determined to be separate. Um, how can we run? I just think we need to process this. How can we run into the madness of life that exists right now everywhere and just be determined to find common ground instead of what separates us? Like we need to be asking ourselves these questions. How can we be righteously for the unrighteous like Jesus was? How can we put to death this pull to focus on the little thing we have different? Let's even say that it's as much as, as 10 or let's just say 5% that, that we have common perspectives and common ground of 95%. But the culture would tell you if you differ in anything, if you differ in that 5%, then you better unite with those who only agree with your 5%. That is not in scripture at all. <laughs> and we look at this and, and, and that is content over community. No, I'm gonna defend my 5%. I'm gonna dwell on this content in my life that's different versus valuing what God challenged us to do and to humble ourselves, and to find common ground, and to be one who can reconcile people to the cross, people to God. I need to be a common ground liver. I need to live in that 95%. It's so funny how hard it is for some of us to find common ground, but we have more in common than we have apart. It's because we've been driven by content over a community when God's heart is community. It takes many of you who are faithfully placing community over content to transform our culture, the world that we're in, willing to initiate common ground in the world around us. Here's the confession today. I will find common ground with others. 
I will find common ground with others. I'm going to pray that God would open your eyes and ears to that common ground. And when I conclude, we're going to jump into worship because I believe we need to, to just declare truths in our spirit and just pray this confession into existence even as we're worshiping today. So can I pray for you, God? I thank you for everybody who is watching this message right now. And I pray that you would put a burning desire in them to find common ground with each other. That God, we would be determined not to be like water and oil, but we would be that, that detergent, if you will, and find ourselves right in the middle as Jesus Jesus did, bringing people together, bringing together those who are lost to be saved, reconciling humanity to God. And I thank you, Jesus, for doing that once and for all on the cross. But now we have to extend that message to people. And this challenge is that we need to not only share the gospel, that message of reconciliation with people, but we need to share our lives as well. We need to live in the common ground together so our lives can be together, so that we can live out community over content. And I thank you for this challenge. I thank you for those that are going to confess this each day this week and walk this out and see you illuminate common ground moments during the course of this week and beyond. Thank you, God, for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And I can't wait to hear the stories of common ground this week.